structure is really um, keeping all your promises. Being consistent with what you're saying. Yeah. If you're doing it right, you're figuring out what should happen. Most people think their job is to figure out what could happen. Hello, and welcome to You Are a Storyteller. In this episode, Brian and Jesse discuss what counts as story structure, how it works, and why good storytelling requires structure to stand out. This program is produced in Seattle, Washington by Belief Agency. So, for everybody at home, this is the first time we're actually in the same room together, yeah. which is also awesome. It's cool. Uh, it's going to be back. Also cool because while we were gone, we built a new podcast studio at, at the um, at our studio here, which is great. So we can just kind of come in and shoot and record whenever we want. Super helpful. Um, so it's good to see you. It's nice to see you. <laughs> it's going to be back in the same it's room. Yeah, it's weird. Feels like forever. Yeah, it's been uh, a long time. Since we have been. Yeah. Right? Uh, but it's good to be here. Um Wanting, you know, lately really trying to think through uh, the real foundational stuff, right? And Mm -hmm. this week, you was funny because you had sent me this. I saw this over at your house the other day. um, And you have all these, Brian's archive of stuff (laughs) like this is insane. So (laughs) you just have all these old script writing magazines and, you know, you just have this insane collection of things like this and you don't get rid of them. And it's super helpful. And you would, you let me borrow this one. And there was a line at the top here that I'll read because it it made me go like, oh, we should talk about this as foundational as mm-hmm. this is. And so um, this is a script writing magazine from December 2011, uh, page 25, if anybody cares. Um, and it's called Goldman's Rules. And so it says, it opens up by saying, asked what the three most important ingredients of a successful screenplay are, writer William Goldman once famously repri- replied, structure, structure, structure. Um, what I loved about that is so clear, mm-hmm. right? Like, well, which makes sense, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Can you kind of set up who he was? Yeah, uh, William Goldman was probably one of the most respected screenwriters ever, probably. Uh, he wrote, uh, he, he also was a novelist. He wrote uh, Princess Bride, which a lot of people would know him from. He wrote um, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which is crazy. Yeah, which is crazy. Uh, he wrote All the President's Men. Yeah. Um, he had, you know, he had a pretty serious career. Yeah. Yeah. And he wrote uh, some, like the book on Hollywood. I read that one he did. Uh, was it Goldman on Hollywood or whatever? He wrote, um, which lie did I tell? R- he wrote uh, Adventures in the Screen Trade. I think that might have been the one I read. Yeah, everybody reads great. Adventures in the Screen yeah. Trade. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he's so clear on that. So, yeah. uh, you know, Butch Cassidy is insane. It's structure, well structure, structure. Yeah. Now, then the article goes on and, you know, people are agreeing with him and disagreeing and all that sorts of stuff. But when we talk about story structure or just structure in general, mm-hmm. one of the funny things we've never really talked about on the show before is like, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, how do we set a baseline for what we mean when you, we say structure? Because it seems like when I read other people talking about structure, they're all saying different things. They're right. talking about it different ways. So for the sake of our, you know, our show and what we're talking about, like, how would you define structure? Well... You're building it. You're building a story. And everything you build has a structure. It has, um, well, um, an understructure maybe is a better way to think about it, right? It has a frame if you're building a house or something. Uh, or you've seen when they're building boats, you know, they have, oh, yeah. the, right? Uh-huh. Like they those have, cradle things. Yeah, like yeah. a rib cage almost for the, you know. Um, that's the stuff that makes it all work. If you, you can't just throw two by fours 
together and not have that and have a boat, right? Yeah. Um, and you can't build a house without a frame. If you don't want it to fall over. If you don't want it to fall over, right? And structure prevents your story from falling apart. Mm-hmm. And for and it, it gives it a kind of cohesiveness. It's all part of a, the same thing. Um, and that is unbelievably important, having everything feel like it's coming from the same place. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I think your audience, they lose a sense of the reality that you're dealing with. Yep. If there's no cohesiveness. So yep. structure creates a kind of cohesiveness. We're building around this. And strength. I'm assuming in both those, like when I think about the inside of it, like a house when it's framed up, like you can now hang windows on it. You can actually add a ton of weight to it. Yes. Right. And then the funny thing is once you put the siding on and all that, all of a sudden you don't even see the structure. Right. Right. And that's exactly the way it is with writing. You don't see it. So it's funny and you'll probably get to this, but often people complain about structure when they see it. Hmm. So they go, oh, structure is not good because they they saw it. And so they thought they think well if I just abandon structure, yeah, then nobody will see the inner workings. Yeah. Um, but that's just a mistake. Can that's you give just, an example of what you mean when they saw it? Well, they like if something will be set up like let's use Chekhov's gun. I knew that gun that they set up in the first act. I knew that gun was coming back. Yep. You know, that kind of thing where they're like it's so predictable. So what they do is they they they're more random like because you saw a gun and you think the gun's coming back i'm not gonna have the gun come back oh it's funny because we were watching an episode of combat the other night and they did the checkoffs gun thing where you saw the gun Mm -hmm. the medic didn't grab it oh right yeah and then when the daughter grabs it um we can post actual like episodes worth watching but it was funny because the daughter grabbed it and you assumed she was going to shoot the guy mm-hmm. and she didn't. So she took, they took that principle. Yeah. Right. Uh, structurally, but they, it didn't mean it had to be exactly what you thought. No, it doesn't have to go the way you think it's going to. Because it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to go the way you think it's going to go, but you can't introduce something. The reason Chekhov's gun, you know, his whole idea that you, you know, if you introduce a gun. Oh, yeah. Can you set that up? Yeah. yeah. So Chekhov, the playwright had this idea that you can't introduce it's, it's not just guns, but guns the example. Um, introduce a gun in the first act if it doesn't get used by the third act, right? Because a gun is sort of a promise. A gun is like, you know, you, you have a beginning of a story and a guy's like, oh, here's my gun. I'm putting this in, in this drawer and then it never comes up again. Yep. You, you've promised that that gun is coming back. That's right. And everything in a story is like that. Yep. You've promised that this has something to do with the story just by introducing it. It's funny because like one of the things we try to do is show people this isn't just for screenwriting. This is for all communication, right? It'd be like if you started a speech and you're like, oh, man, I just came back from the best trip. Well, I'll get to that later. And then you never get to it. <laughs> right, yeah. At the end of your speech, you'd be like, whatever happened in Cancun? And you'd be like, oh, I spaced it. Or yeah. at the top of a website, you set up a visual, I don't know, a bunch of people working out. And then you scroll past the top of the website and they never show people working out again. It, yeah. w- it would be like, wait, whatever happened? You're setting something up. It doesn't pay off. So he's right. saying if you set it up, it has to pay off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the whole thing. That's Chekhov's gun. And so, but that's structure. Yeah. That's, he's just saying structure. Structure your piece. Yep. You know, any detail you have in a story, the audience, I think, red flags it. So, for instance, um, you know, if if uh, somebody can't find their glasses at the beginning of the piece and then they, yep. you know, 
they find their glasses or maybe they never find their glasses, whatever it is. Right. But yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, those glasses have to be important. Yep. And if it's not. Then why'd you show them? Then why? Yeah. What? You know, why is it there? What's that episode of the Twilight Zone where he's reading all the time? Oh, um, uh, time and if it last. So it'd be like that. You open up and he's sitting in the bank and he's reading. He's trying to check out a woman and get her a change or whatever. But he's too consumed in the book. It'd be like opening like that and then never having him read anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which happens a lot. Nowadays. Which which does happen a lot. I mean, it happens all the time. Well, they'll set up something in the first act about a relationship between like, you know, like two characters or something. And then all of a sudden you end up going like, hey, whatever, whatever happened mm-hmm. with the job or whatever. Yeah. Right. So you're, so you're saying like structurally, I know. That if I'm going to introduce this gun, I have to bring it back because otherwise it's a lie. Right. Structure is really um, keeping all your promises. I love that. Structure is keeping your promises. Being consistent with what you're saying. Yeah. Like, now, how you keep it might be different, right? It doesn't. So, you yeah. said, like I said, I was going on vacation. I took you to Cancun. You thought it was Hawaii. Right. I, I'm still paying that off. I right. said, we're going somewhere tropical. Yeah. So, it doesn't mean it has to be formulaic. Right. Right. It just means if you set it up, something has to happen. It's like when Harry met Sally, if they never actually got back together or something, you know, or right. like, you know, it'd be like, well, it, it falls, it falls flat. Often when people hear structure or something like that, they don't understand that they are only understanding it at the most superficial level. Hmm. So they yeah, don't do dig deep into it. They just say, well, I knew that was going to happen. So, you know, they like, don't dig. It's like, well, why does, why does William Goldman say that? Right. Right. It's not like he didn't write anything anybody cares about. Yeah, sure. So why did he say that? Instead of asking that, they say, oh, I saw this bad thing. So, you know, it's like, no, think about it for a while. Yeah. I don't quite understand the mentality of people who dismiss things when they hear of them, not when they've studied them. What's funny about that, too, is the people that were kind of trying to dismiss his argument were all these people I'd never heard of. They were like professors in film or something. Yeah. Right. And yeah. he's going like, he, he was writing some serious stuff we can look at. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, and I think their thing was exactly what you're saying, which is maybe they'd seen it done badly. Yeah. So they're like, so they throw structure out completely, which means now everything's disconnected. Right. But you can't predict it, but you can't predict random. So there's no skill in it. Yes, that's right. You know? Yeah, I didn't see that coming. You're right. You know? So when you're talking about structure, it's, it's, it's not just the foundation. It's the entire, it's what's inside the walls. It's all of it working together holistically. Right. Right. Um, I mean, watch Failsafe the other night mm-hmm. and you go like, man, everything had to happen in that there's not one scene we could take out of that movie and it wouldn't work. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. Um, a lot of times you'll see this with like director's cuts. I like, I almost never, I'm trying to think of a director's cut I thought was better. I can't think of one person. I can't think of one either. Where you'll watch it like, and here's the funny thing, like literally, uh, I'll give you one that seems crazy. Dumb and Dumber, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was showing it to my 13 year old and it was the director's cut and I was like it's the only one I could download downloaded it and it ruins the movie because mm-hmm. it changes the characters there's some scenes where they're like either super super crass like over oh, the top mm-hmm. or they do these things that make you not like the characters and I was like it was like those scenes need to be gone because they didn't help In right fact, they hurt right uh, on the same time if it's structured properly there's nothing you could take away right if you can find that like that that line mm-hmm. between nothing self-indulgent mm-hmm. and having all the information you need right right that's that's what structure will help you do yeah well i know that i said this about the horse at the beginning which means 
for this movie, you got to see the horse. I showed the her- horse was like you you said before we started filming. You're like, okay, so if you have a horse, so we got to set up that they're supposed to retire. Mm-hmm. That's why it matters later on when they win the race. Like you're going to see how you have to set it so that you can bring it back. Right. Uh, charged objects work that way, which we've talked about, but in case people don't know. So if you have an object, you imbue it with, um, you can imbue an object with emotion. It could be anything. Yep. It could be, you know, this, these were my dad's shoes or whatever. Seabiscuit's a great example since we're kind of talking about that. Yeah. Um, of a charged. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, there's a character in Seabiscuit who um, uh, the main character, really, his his son is killed in a car accident. And his son used to have this toy that he played with a lot, his little toy. And uh, it was with the son when he died. And so the dad has it. And so whenever you see the dad with it, you know where his mind is. Um, so well it, done. It's so well done, but it's imbued with emotion. So that, but that charged object, you can't charge it without the setup. You can't That's charge right. it without seeing the kid playing with it and then seeing the kid die with it. Yeah. Uh, there, you know, you, that's how it's charged. And so that's all part of the structure. Yes. Right. Um, a lot of people would write, I see this all the time. They might write the scene with the dad playing with the thing. And then have him say, you know, this used to belong to my son or this was my son's. That's not nearly as effective. That's right. Right. If, when he doesn't have to say anything and we go, oh, that's his son's. Much better. But I over and over and over again, I see, um, especially in second acts, I hear because people cut out the first act. We can talk about that. Um, they start with the second act because that's where the action is. Yeah. So then what they have to do is explain a lot of backstory in the second act so that it bogs the thing down it's not emotional um it's emotional if you see the kid playing and you see the kid in the accident and then you see the object later that's right it's not emotional if a guy says this used to belong to my son that's right accident from a branding perspective we always talk about your logo is a charged object Mm -hmm. and that your logo is there to capture all the emotion from either the experience or the commercial whatever and then all of a sudden you have like a little swoosh that's worth billions of dollars. Why? Because it captured all the emotion. Yep. It becomes a charged object. The yeah. swoosh by itself, you know, costs $50. Earlier you had talked about um, having your birthday at McDonald's when you were a kid. Yeah, right? that's right. Yep. Well, when that happens, McDonald's is not, they're not stupid about their marketing. Oh, yeah. Right. And so what, when that happens, when you have your birthday and have the best time in the world at McDonald's. Yep. Those arches are forever charged. I was talking about like the greatest present I ever got was called a Teddy Ruxpin. Now, it's funny because a bunch of people in the office had never heard of Teddy Ruxpin before. But for those of us that are older, I guess, Teddy Ruxpin was this bear that was like the old animatronic style talking stuff. Like if you went to like Hall of Presidents back in the day or whatever, and in the back, you would put a cassette tape in and he would read you stories. And I probably got Teddy Ruxpin. I don't have any idea how my mom afforded it. It must have been hard to get our hands on. Um, and she did. And so I, even as bad as my memory is, I can remember, I was telling you, it was like, it was the Greenwood McDonald's. That's when I got this Teddy Ruxpin. I would listen to him tell stories. And then eventually I got the grubby that you, which was his sidekick and you plug him in or whatever. And it would sit there and tell stories. And it's funny. Cause like, I still have those. Mm-hmm. They're, they're charged objects. Right. right. And you're right. It didn't, it wasn't just the story thing. I actually remembered where I got it. Yeah. 
even the places become charged. And this is the funny thing is, and remember, all of these things they work for good and bad. Right. You, right. So, you, like, you, you can, can charge an charge object, uh, yeah. or you can charge a place like that. Oh, that's where I had my first kiss. You can also desecrate a place where it's like that's Auschwitz. Right. And both of those places hold feelings. Right. Right. It's the same type of concept. And when you understand that, you know, if you're Disney. You go like, great, how do I imbue this place with meaning? Right. Right. Um, but they kind of, you can, it's going to work on both sides of the yeah, spectrum. Yeah, you can negatively charge something yes. as well as positively charge mm-hmm. something. The other thing is, it, it sometimes Yeah, take can, one of your dad's belts, right? I mean, yeah. how many people, they're like, oh man, my, if you saw your dad's belt in the box, you'd be like, oh, that thing, mm-hmm. right? That's a charged object too. Right. But you could, within the context of a story or even a lifetime, for instance, you could be like, oh, uh, I got my first kiss at that McDonald's. It could also be the place where the girl broke up with you. That's right. Sure. Right. Right. That's right. Right. Yeah. That's right. right. It can be both things. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome when you start to see that. Remember, everything that works from a story structure perspective works because that's how it works in real life. Yep. There isn't stuff like you go into the world of stories and all of a sudden there's new things that that didn't come from anywhere. Everything right. comes from yeah, our experience. Real life. So yeah. we talk about clone characters because that's how it works in real life. Mm-hmm. I don't want to end up like my grandpa or I don't want to end up like old man Hutchinson or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's a clone character. That's why they work in movies. Yeah. Right. Oh, contrast. That's how your eyeballs work. That's also why it works in movies. I may have talked about this before when we talked about clone characters, but I have a friend who was an illustrator and he's working for a studio. And uh, when he got there, he met this amazing illustrator, like off the charts illustrator. And he'd been there like 10 years. And uh, and my friend said, this guy's just burned out though. He doesn't care anymore. He's mm-hmm. burned out. And he said, I can't be here 10 years. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's it's a clone, clone character. character. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And if you start thinking about the world in these terms, all of a sudden you'll go, Whenever you start a new job and you look around, you go like, oh, there's a bunch of clone characters here that I don't want it up like. You should mm-hmm. pay attention. Yeah. Or, there's a reason why stories tell you that. Right. Or people you do want to end up Yeah, like. sure. Exactly. Yeah. It goes both it goes both directions. Yeah. Um, when when most people are thinking about structure, they're all, is it kind of like thinking about a house where you can see all the studs and wiring? Is that kind of how you relate it? And that like when it's poorly done, I mean your book is called Invisible Ink because for most people, like tonight we're going to a showing, right? And you're going to talk about a movie and then mm-hmm. walk people through it. And I bet you most of the people that see it are going to go, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Like you're doing Star Trek 2 tonight. Yeah. And I think most people there are going to go, they they probably had seen the movie before, yep. but they've never seen it like this mm-hmm. because you're going, watch for this and see how this yeah. and, you know, the equivalent. And talk about structure. It's just oh, that yeah. mm-hmm. is amazingly well structured, that piece. It, it, I mean, I saw it when it came out. And it was good. And the more I know, the better it gets. It gets better and better and better and better and better. And there's a reason that people say it's the best one. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason. And it's the structure. People think it's the villain. That's not the villain. It's the structure. Yep. That's right. Yeah. And that's what's funny is if you do this right, the structure disappears and and people, but people try to make it about something other than that. Because right? they don't see the structure. So they try to find something surface level. Yeah. Right. Well, it's the soundtrack. Yeah. Or whatever. I remember when uh, Return of the Jedi came out. And uh, people who grew up after that don't know how much people hated the Ewoks. Hmm. Just when I say Ewoks, you hear Jar Jar. Let's, that's <laughs> translated into Jar Jar. That's the way people felt about the Ewoks, unless they were little, little kids. And my problem with the Ewoks, people were like, they're too cute. They're too cute. They're too cute was the big complaint. I'm like, that's not the problem. 
The problem is for two movies, um, we were following a particular group. Mm. All of a sudden, so if you think of those as acts, act one, you're yeah. with a group, act two is all conflict, right? So, yeah, right, sure. Empire Strikes Back is all conflict, right? And then you have your resolution. Well, you you can't introduce new characters into this resolution. So the problem wasn't that That's they were cute, it was a structural problem. It was initially supposed to be a planet full of Wookiees. No, and see, that, that would have made, made total sense. Would have made sense, yeah. yeah. But So when people knock structure, because there's only two directions. You have the people that are way into structure, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and then you have the people that are like, structure is what kills the life. Well, it was really interesting. You know, I was just working for a studio. Yeah. And they were like, they were down on structure. And I was like, you clearly don't understand what structure is. Mm. Like, because they said, well, we had other writers who said they were structuralists. I'm like, do you understand what it is? Because... So was William Goldman in the structure. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like Yeah, and Billy Wilder. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Billy Wilder. So would you say to Billy Wilder and William Goldman, oh, they're no good because Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. No. You know? Um it's it's a But it, what do you think they meant by that? Like, oh, structure. What, like what do you th think th they thought it meant? I think that there are some terms and phrases that um well like story has become this in business right now yeah everybody talks about story nobody defines it or yep that's right? right but they talk about it it's the word to throw around structure is one of those things to throw around um and sound like you know what you're talking about yeah or it's something you know anything can be clumsily done that's the other thing right right so people can talk a big game about structure but they may not do it well yeah. It's like, I can talk about anatomy all day long, but I can't draw. Right. right? <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. Be like, if you're like, uh, are you like salads? Like, I hate salads. I had a salad once and I threw up. And you're like, well, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean all salads. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. The, it's the clumsy, uh, non-invisible, right? Like, whatever. You have a house, a stucco house and like a two by four sticking out or whatever. And it feels kind of um contrived or it doesn't have enough soul or here's the thing here's what's interesting this is the, the thing i find with spielberg people don't know how good he is at what he does mm -hmm. and they dismiss it and when they dismiss it what they often dismiss so i think i've talked about this before but his stuff is smooth when it's working it's a smooth surface there's yeah. no bumps on it yeah when it's working et or yep. you know when it, yeah. like it's smooth because it's so smooth, any bump really sticks out. Yeah. Right? What's that doing there? Right? And then people will dismiss the whole thing. Right? Sure. Then there are other filmmakers where the whole surface is bumpy. Yeah. So they're like, that guy's really good. I'm like, really? Yeah. But they can't see the contrast because the whole surface is bumpy. Yeah. Right? So if somebody's completely unfocused, yeah, it's hard to know when they go off track. Right. Right? But if somebody's on you know on point and doing their thing you'll know yep you know and then and so people go oh i saw the structure structure sucks but they don't know the 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 hundred times they've seen it maybe within that same piece yeah, done where it was work yeah, where it yeah. was working because yeah. they were just caught up in the fact that indiana jones now has to face snakes yeah when he, right in the first act he said he was afraid of snakes that's right right <laughs> yep those are all structural decisions yeah you know yeah uh, it's funny because we were talking about it with like searching Bobby Fisher where, you know. So well structured. 
I like I said, like I, I probably watched it four times since the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. I just keep going back to it more and more because it's so unbelievably well structured. It's beautiful, yeah. but you don't ever think about it. Right, it's so emotional and it's just unbelievably focused. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. It's like it would be like getting mad because you went to a speech. And it was so, and you remembered it, it made sense, it engaged you the whole time, and you're like, that sucks. Why did it suck? Because I knew what was going on. Right, right. It's like, really? Yeah. Well, watch a good speech, like a Martin speech. Oh, yeah. It's all structure. He has refrains and like this comes back, you know, this comes back. Yep. And it keeps building and building and building. Yeah. And man, when he, his third act, get out of here. Yeah. It's all structured. Yeah. You know, and those things last forever. That's right. I mean, it proves itself. Yeah. You know? Um, but I think that the other reason that people dismiss structure is because they're looking to stand out themselves. Structure makes people feel like, oh, it'll be like everybody else's thing. And how do I stand out? And that's that ego-based storytelling. That how I many like. times? I'm not kidding. I, it's had to have happened at least four times since we started this show mm-hmm. where somebody emailed and said, I tried to get in all these film contests and screenwriting things or whatever. It didn't happen. And I was kind of at the end of my rope and I said, screw it. I'm just going to try this structure stuff. And they're like, and I just got into Austin. And they're like, and I can't believe it because when I look at the script, I go, it's so obvious. Like, <laughs> right. I, right? <laughs> yeah. But the funny thing is, it's not to anyone else. Right. You know, it's like if you wrote The Three Little Pigs, you're like, that was the most obvious story in the world. It's like, to you it was. Yeah. For everybody else, it's invisible. Nobody does this. I've said it before on the show. Learn a magic trick, one magic trick. Just learn it, practice it, learn it. Like, don't do it before you, like, maybe take a year to learn it. Like, again, people don't commit the time to this stuff. Yeah. But what that'll do is when you learn a magic trick, especially the really good ones are really simple. Like, the the execution's not so simple, but the concept is simple. And you'll read about it and you'll go, that wouldn't fool anybody. You get good at it and you do it and people's minds are blown. Yeah. And I think it's a really good way to um, get into your bones the idea that something uh, done simply, something done um, well can be unbelievably effective. Yeah. And and that will get into your bones and it'll make sense to you in a different way. Yep. You know, because it's invisible to people. But because you know the trick, you'll think everybody... Yeah, knows. Oh, of course, they're seeing what I'm doing, but they're not. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, like those episodes. You know, I, you got me on on combat, and like it's so incredibly well done. Yeah, I, combat I can't was a, combat was a show from the '60s, and um, Robert Altman got his really got a big start there. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but you know, if you don't know Robert Altman, he's a big director. Was, um, but anyway. Um, Combat was a really like if Private Ryan was a TV show in the sixties. Oh yeah, it would be Combat. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. and but they're all you can watch any episode, but and they work by themselves. They also work together, mm-hmm. and it's so well structured, and they all break at the perfect time. Um, but it never feels lifeless or predictable or no. None of that stuff. No. But unbelievably well-structured. You know, it's like, I guess, if you went to dinner and somebody structured a meal really well. Mm-hmm. You didn't walk away and go like, oh, look at how the chef did that. That was a great move or a trick. It's like, no, they just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They built that. Yeah. Right? Um, and that idea of building, 
I guess, the, why do you think, because when we're talking about structure, it for me, the first thing I think of is like building something, like mm-hmm. the actual like stacking yeah, of things. Yeah, I think of it that way. Um, I think people well, might like, have a problem with that. Well, like playwright, right? Spelled like a boatwright, like with a W, mm. like, right? Like a builder. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Screenwriting came around later and they used the word writing instead of write like a builder. Yeah. You're building the story. You're writing it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're a oh, builder of makes stories. So much sense. I can't. You know what's funny? It's like we were talking about the other day. You were talking about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Well, remember, it's like who's that monster that you hide from the world?" And that was the first time I was like, "Oh my God, his last name is Hyde." <laughs> How the hell did I never catch his last name was Hyde? Dr. Jekyll, which is amazing, just structurally. Doctor, you take Dr. Jekyll. So you give him status mm-hmm. and then you go, Mr. Hyde, who is the one that Dr. Jekyll hides? And you're like, it's right there. <laughs> the title uh-huh. tells you exactly what it's about. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. We were talking about a Mary Poppins. His name is Mr. Banks. Yep. And it's like, what's he obsessed with? It's like, they went right at it. But for everybody listening to this right now that hadn't ever caught Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde before, uh, that's Invisible Ink. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Star Trek 2, and I think I talked about it on another show, but mm-hmm. in that movie, Captain Kirk, is it's his birthday, and he's uh, he's upset that it's his birthday. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, he he's looking at the glass half empty kind of a thing. Everybody else is like, what's the deal? It's your birthday, you know, cheer up. There's a lot I can talk about when it comes to that, but one of the things that's interesting to me is the Genesis device. Yeah. So there's this device in that movie that uh, creates life on a lifeless planet, right? But it can also destroy the life that already exists on that planet, right? So here you have a thing that is both life and death. Same as Kirk's birthday. It's crazy. It's just ridiculous. Right? That's why when they made the third movie and they're like all about the Genesis device, I'm like, this has nothing to do with this movie. Right. Right, you're just stealing this thing, but it has nothing to do with this movie. It had everything to do with the other movie. Yep. As a matter of fact, in Star Trek Two, near the beginning of the movie, uh, Spock gives Kirk a birthday gift. Yeah. Right, which is a tale of two cities. Kirk opens it up and he reads the opening line. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It's both things. Yes. Right. Same thing. Like as the Genesis device, as his birthday, like the glass structure, everything that structure, and it's full of stuff like that because he was building something. Yeah, right. He yeah. had an intention. And well, by the end of this, I want to have a house that's a rambler that can have four bedrooms that has. There's an intentionality to it, which means I'm going to need these materials. It'll take me this long to build it. Whatever. He has an end state in mind, and everything is moving towards that end state. Yeah. Everything else in life you do that way would just be considered professional. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like you go like, okay, I'm going to start this movie and it's going to be about um, Woody having to raise a son named Sporky and it's all leading towards this thing. And then halfway you abandon that story. It's like, it'd be like having a rambler where it's half it's a rambler. And then this is like a <laughs> Mediterranean style. Where you're like, And then you go like, what's wrong with the house? And like, there isn't a flow to it. Yep. There isn't an intentionality to it. It's things feel tacked on. Right. It's right? like when I was I, at this. It's like adding cheese over the top of whatever the meal <laughs> yeah, is. You know? Yeah. Like people like cheese, right? Yeah. It's like that um, when I was at that very famous church in Arkansas. Mm. Like, I don't remember the name of this church. 
I was there because I was given a lecture and to a bunch of architects and industrial designers. And so we went to the, there, we're going to go to this church. You should come with us. I'm like, okay. So I went and they said, uh, I was like, well, I'm with architects and industrial designers. So I was like, well, what, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? And uh, this architect pointed out to me, he says, well, you see the, this shape here, the shape of this door. I'm like, yeah, he goes, well, see, it also is the shape of this piece and also the shape of this piece and also the shape of this and also the shape of this. It's just this shape repeated over and over again. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. That's the same as the Genesis device. Yep. As it's the best of time, it's the worst of times, as it's Kirk not uh, being happy about his birthday. That's right. Like, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It's like, okay, well, Dr. Frankenstein's the monster, which means what do we have to do with the monster? We have to humanize the monster, right? Mm -hmm. And so you get the girl with the flower. You, it just once you understand it, you go, "Well, this has to happen." <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Now, there's a bunch of stuff in that that you know, you know, is how do you want to shoot it? And you know, is a little a little girl, a little you know, a little girl with flower, like whatever. But you already know what has to happen. Right. 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 In well, in some form, like it was funny because in the same article, um, the another screenwriter said all of the million dollar a script writers what the hardest part of writing a script is and he says a hundred percent of them will say the outline mm -hmm. and i was like that's really interesting because in essence they're saying we got to get the schematics right right like if we don't get the right outline it's almost saying like saying like the hardest part of building the house is the blueprint right why because the blueprint you have to take into account well what about drainage <laughs> right and yeah. what about you know how the open is is, it, is this up to code now from yeah. a fire perspective like yeah all of that i mean a friend of ours is an imagineer um and it was funny because like i didn't realize like he was like yeah he's an architect he's like yeah almost all of us are architects and he's like i spend most of my time figuring out like fire exits and stuff and i was like you're kidding because he was designing a ride yeah and it was funny because i never thought about that i thought he was just like doing all this fun stuff he's like no man i gotta figure out where's <laughs> yeah. the exits right. and, like he's like that's the stuff that keeps me up at night and and it's like man getting if you can get that outline tight mm -hmm. you know i mean because he went on to say like well once you have that you're like oh you just write it right he's like but man getting the outline getting the blueprint getting the structure aligned right that's the tricky part like when we're working with a company we're like we need an armature right, right. And we do the belief session and all that try to to, to to find the armature but if we don't have an armature i, I mean I mean, we've worked on campaigns before where like large companies would be like, I hired this actor and it'd be like, okay, we don't even have a script yet. We don't even know what we're going to say. Yeah. And you're already hiring actors and stuff. It's like, you're not, you're doing this backwards. Right. It's like what, a studio you were working at, right? Where it was the equivalent of like, if we're building a house and we don't even have a house yet and somebody's saying, all I know is I want all the tiles to be purple. <laughs> right. And you're like, okay, I, I don't know what the house looks like, but I guess we have tiles and they'll be purple. Yeah. You're jumping ahead. Yeah. That. I just thought that was, it's kind of perfect timing, right? That like a hundred percent of the time they'll tell you that, that the outline is the hardest part. Mm -hmm. um, is that, do you think that's purely because of it's all structural stuff or what, why do you, what do you think they meant by that? I think a lot of it's structure. Yeah. Because, well, you're figuring out if you're doing it right, you're figuring out what should happen. Most people think their job is to figure out what could happen. Oh, that's interesting. Right. Help me understand that. So like like you're saying, like in Star Trek, can you use that example or help me understand yeah, that? Yeah, well, if you're thinking about what could happen, you're like, I don't know, they could run into a space whale or something. <laughs> you know what a I mean? A space whale, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, because yeah. you're just uh -huh. thinking of things. Yeah. Right? But if you're going, well, what should happen? Okay, it's Kirk's birthday. He's not happy about his birthday. What can I, you know what I'm saying? Like, what should happen? Yes. Like, um, 
Uh, Finding Nemo is really well structured. Yeah, it's, it's my favorite Pixar movie. It's the, it's unbelievably well structured. And one of the things that you, you well, for instance, you know, uh, Marlon, uh, his you know his whole family was killed except Nemo, right? So Marlon is plagued by the memory of you know of what happened, and that's what's making him be such a uh, overprotective parent, right? Dory has no memory, right? Dory's always happy. Dory's always... So in order to have the contrast, Dory has to get created. Yeah. Yep. You need her. Yeah. Now, how they came up with Dory, I don't really know. Yeah. They maybe tried a bunch of things and, you know, but what they settled on makes sense. Yep. Right? Because that's what should happen. Yep. Who does he need? Right. He needs the opposite. Right. Right. And also, if Marlon's afraid mm-hmm. of... Or uh, sometimes they need the same. Because yes. you could have always also taken Marlon and made somebody even more... Oh, you could have. ...worried than he is. And he's like, calm down. Oh, great. I'm talking to myself. Right. Right? Like, it you just could makes do either sense. Thing, yeah. yep. but it's, it's like it, Niles and Frazier. Yes. Them being that similar is helpful. Yes. Right? But, yeah. But Niles is more Frazier than Frazier in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Because Niall, because you have to ground Frazier, so he has to be a little bit more real. Niles yep. can be a little bit more of a Yep, it's great. If people know Frazier. But those are good examples, yeah. right? It's like, so you had to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were talking about, you've talked about before, like um, Woody balancing Woody with Jesse. Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, because Jesse's a clone character for Woody, mm-hmm. right? Well, this is what's going to happen when your kid doesn't love you anymore. That's right. Right. It's so well done. Like that is an elegant solution. It is. So he can see a mirror of himself of things to come. Yeah. If you go down this path. Yeah. It's really smart. Yeah. It's really smart. Um, yeah. So, it, you know, that's the, oh, the other thing like um, with Marlon, mm-hmm. Marlon doesn't want to be out in the big ocean. He's scared of, you know, fish with teeth or whatever. What's the first thing he runs into? Is yep. Bruce is this big shark, and yep. it, and if you look at it, and he's so much bigger than the barracuda or whatever that yeah, took his family. It's yeah, great. and he's really small, Marlin, compared to just these teeth. Like the shark is just teeth almost. Yeah, when you see when that shark is introduced, it's almost entirely teeth. Yep, it's really great. It's really smart. It's yeah, really smart. But that's all structure. Like, right. how would you make those decisions if you didn't know that? Yeah, it'd just be arbitrary. Yeah. It's well, like the shark in, or it's like the alligator in Peter Pan. Like, how could you come up with that if you didn't know I need to put teeth on a clock? Right. Like, if you weren't trying to do that, like if Barry wasn't trying to do that, right. you wouldn't arbitrarily just come up with like, what about an alligator with a clock in its belly? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't it's happen. It's superfluous. It's like if you took that alligator with a clock in its belly and put it in Little Red Riding Hood, see how that works. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work. Right. So, yeah, that's exactly right. So. I really think that when you're doing it right, if you're writing and you're doing it right and you're 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 structuring, what'll happen is you'll feel more like you're making discoveries versus making decisions. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, right. That's what should happen. I have to show the scarecrow coming up with plans. So, what if Dorothy's hungry? And the scarecrow finds a clever way to get her apples or get her food. Yep. Right. That's different than going. What could happen? Who could they meet? What yeah, could that's happen? right. Right. That's right. And that's the way most people write. What could happen? That's interesting. That's you know all these things from outside the story. Instead of what has to happen. Yeah. What has to happen, to Dorothy? What has to happen to, you know, 
read what has to happen at you name yeah. the character yeah right and then and then having the discipline to um fulfill that promise mm-hmm. right you pull the gun you better pay it off yeah if you don't pay it off well it just lingers out there it doesn't you know and there's a kind of person who lives so much in their head that they that kind of thing they love that kind of thing right because they're all in their head but it's not an emotional thing yeah right so they're like well i like it because i can make up what it is and that you know some they, they think a lesser storyteller tells you everything right um which is still not true like the best storytellers don't tell you everything it just feels that way hmm. billy wilder doesn't tell you everything yeah he, he lets you piece that together yeah but you think he does because he's so good at piecing it together like one of my favorite things he uses it in two movies uh, a version of it in two movies um in um in lost weekend he does this and he also does it in um in uh the apartment but uh lost weekend's about an alcoholic and the guy goes in and he has a drink and he and he um he picks up this you know he orders his whiskey his rye he always orders rye and he picks it up and there's the condensation ring on the table um and then there's a dissolve and it's full of condensation rings on the on the table so you know how many drinks he's had that's so smart right you yeah you have to piece that together it just doesn't feel like you're doing it but it's it's also there's no ambiguity in it right it's just really good yeah. problem solving when people say movies show you everything they don't know what they're talking about hmm. because they didn't show you him drinking all those drinks good stories do that all the time good movies do that all the time you just think they told you everything if somebody's really good they didn't do that you just think they did yeah that's great yeah with that in mind what is what's so so you're saying so structure from a definition standpoint what would be like a rough definition you would use is it's the is it the foundation is it the inner workings of the skeletal uh structure or i think it i i think it's the skeleton or the i i, I it's more like well, skeleton, I guess the frame of a house is a skeleton too. So I would say it's the skeletal structure, right? It, it determines the shape of the thing. Yes, that's great. Right. And help me understand, what do you mean by that? Well, if you build an A-frame for a house, yeah, that's pretty much what the house is gonna look that's like. That's right, yep. Right, you're not gonna have, there's no other wings, there's yep. no other floors that, you, you know, and that's what it is. Yeah, but if you frame up a long house, you can kind of see where it's going yeah and you have to follow that you set the pattern the uh, or the shape of the structure yep and you have to adhere to that otherwise um whatever's hanging off that doesn't have a foundation won't work it won't stand still whatever doesn't yep. have that structure won't hold up it will feel uh additive yeah which is why people will say about something that ending felt tacked on or this yep. felt tacked on because it was tacked on that's right. I mean, it's like you ever seen a house where you can tell they added like a, a garage and it came later. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even just looking at it, like that wasn't original. Mm -hmm. Same type of a thing, right? Where mm -hmm. it wasn't integrated. You can tell it wasn't a it wasn't a part of the original right. idea. Right. Right. And that happens all the time. Like if somebody falls in love with something like I have to have a, people love my scenes where I I don't know, I do a walk and talk for 20 minutes. I always have one of those in the movie and you're like, <laughs> OK, and then you can feel them imposing um themselves on the structure as opposed to letting the structure dictate that happens happened. a lot now mm -hmm. um 
you know, this is one of the things, you know, I'm always accused of not liking things, but it's one of the things I see is that the, the filmmakers, particularly filmmakers, are imposing their thing on the thing. They're not letting the story dictate what comes out. They are imposing, usually it's their look. You know, people think that's what a director does is make a film look a certain way, right? Yeah. But that used to not be the, I mean, George Stevens movies yeah. don't look a certain way. Yeah. Sidney Lumet's movies don't look a certain that's right. way. That's right. You know, uh, you know, Victor Fleming or nobody knows these names I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. But, you know. Billy Wilder. Yeah, yeah. Their movies didn't look a certain way. Yeah. They might feel a no, certain way. No, you couldn't way. put Ace in the Hole, Double Indemnity, and something like it hot next to each other and have somebody go, visually, right. this is the same person. No. Right? They're no. so different. Yeah. They're very different. Um, and even though Hitchcock had... He solved problems in a very specific way. Yeah. And it's not like you can't tell a movie is a Hitchcock movie. Sure. But what he is doing is not imposing on the yeah, piece. He wasn't trying to stand out. He wasn't. He was just trying to engage an audience emotionally. And he had certain ways that he did that. Yep. Um, but he was always, um, he was not imposing something. He didn't like this shot or that shot. He would always, like if you read what he said, there was always a reason for this shot or that shot. It wasn't, I always wanted to see that or I always like when, I hear directors say that a lot. I always like it when blah, blah, blah happens. You know, I always like it when a ending right. is ambiguous. Well, what are you trying to say? Because that will determine whether your ending is ambiguous. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you just think having an ambiguous ending is just good, well, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Or like having a, a sad ending or having a happy yeah. ending. Like, what are you trying to say? Yeah. Because that'll determine. Yeah, because if you're trying to do something like truth is in the eye of the beholder or something, and you're like, I don't really, so was he guilty, not guilty? You're like, well, that's kind of the point, right? Is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? It's like right. if it, then it you was can, the, yeah. thematic, right? Yeah. If it has to do with the point you're making, then yes. But right. otherwise, you're just imposing your preferences on it. and Yeah, it's know. like some things are more important than money, and then all of a sudden, everybody's Scrooge decides not to go to dinner, but it seems like he's a little bit better of a guy <laughs> yeah. or whatever, you know, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's too much. It's like you're not actually saying anything, right? So, what are the uh, what are the pros to structure? Well, when you do it well, your audience is fully engaged and they are emotionally invested in what they're seeing or reading or whatever or listening to. So, they the structure will disappear because the other thing that happens without structure is what comes to the forefront actually is the fact that there is no structure hmm. huh what was that because he said this, now you're but thinking that the whole time or, or, yeah. yeah well now who's that is that the person who i don't right all of a sudden you're in your head you're not feeling anything yeah. but there's a certain kind of person who thinks their head is more important than their heart and so they you know i like it when a movie's a puzzle you know what i like when a puzzle's a puzzle when a movie's a movie like uh -huh. you know yeah. what i mean like uh -huh. it doesn't mean you don't have to have things to figure out but it's it's a kind of person who has put intellect in front that's just not the purpose of especially drama drama's not meant to be cerebral like that it's not my concept that was the greeks concept that's right so, well, <laughs> yeah. it's funny because if you try to apply that to brand or something like that that's a really bad move it's you want people to know what is the brand about? What do they do? Right. What do they stand for? Right. Instead, you're like, I don't want to know anything about me. You're like, you're not going to be in business long. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just saying if you try to apply that to other places, it would seem silly. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about the McDonald's thing, right? Yeah. If you 
trying to intellectually tell people they ought to go to McDonald's. Yeah, good luck. You can't make an argument for it. Yeah, yeah, good luck. You know, our meat is kind of not meat. And our fries never go bad even after 10 years, you Uh know? Yeah, give me an intellectual argument on 99% of things that humans like to do. Right. So you you go to the emotional thing, but of course. we we think emotions are cheap. No, we make decisions emotionally and we justify it with logic, yeah. and and that's how it is. Yeah, and the people that go, that's not how it is. You're like, okay, sure, <laughs> we'll read about it, right? Yeah. All right. How about this? What are the downsides to structure? I don't. There aren't any. There aren't any. If you understand it, the downside to it is not understanding it. Hmm or getting it i can't tell you how many people tell me they want to write a screenplay and they think that knowing the format is what they need to know how many understand that well they think oh the dialogue goes here and then this you know how do you oh literally the format of the script and they think sometimes that structure got it that's funny yeah so they mix those things up and they think well it looks like a screenplay means i i tagged all my props correctly right Huh. Yeah. So they, they sort of understand it again, again at the surface. They don't, it's like, no, it just looks like a screenplay. It's not necessarily a screenplay just because it looks like one right. or whatever it is you're writing. Right. Um, yeah. It, the structure is what makes it work. If you don't know structure, you've got, maybe you've got some scenes, maybe you've got some characters, you know, uh, you have ingredients, but you don't have a dish. Hmm. Yeah. You know? And what people do is, I like this ingredient, I like that ingredient, I like this ingredient, I like that ingredient. Yep. It's like, they don't make a dish necessarily. That's right. Yeah. You know, when you're making Hungarian goulash, uh-huh. you can't be throwing in stuff. For, yeah. you know? or an apple pie. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah. That's right. The funny thing is both goulash and apple pie, uh, there's probably different, there's obviously different kinds of recipes, but structurally, they're all probably pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. There's basic components to an apple pie. You yeah. need sugar and a crust and whatever, right? It's like, okay. Right. But here's what's interesting about an apple pie. The, there are basic ingredients to an apple pie. The way you make an apple pie doesn't really change much from recipe to recipe. And yet some people can make a really good apple pie and some people can't. That's a great example, right? R- yeah. Structures like apple pie. Learn how to make a good one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. That way when people eat it, they can go, this is great. Right? Yeah. I'm enjoying this apple pie. You know? And it's 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 how well you do it that makes it good. It's not you're not trying to, well, I don't want my apple pie to be like everybody else's apple pie. So I'm not gonna cut my apples or whatever. You know what I mean? (laughs) I'm not gonna cut my it's just like Yeah, Yeah. it's funny. That's a good lesson for life, right? (laughs) Well, I just wanna make sure my apple pie is not like anybody else's apple pie. You're like, okay. Yeah. That's gonna be tricky, Mm -hmm. you know. I'm going to leave them on the tree and I'm going to bake the whole tree. You're like, okay. No one's ever thought of that before. Well, yeah. Yeah. Does that mean, okay, yeah. go for it. Yeah. It's this, it's this ego-based thing. Again, you're serving the story. You're serving, the story has a function and you're serving that. Yeah. And when you stop serving that, it's all about you. And when you make it all about you, it won't work. Yeah. It won't work. It'll fall apart. Yeah. It's not about you. Yeah. You're just doing it. You're just the, um, like my friend says, you're the, um, the midwife. Hmm. Right? You're just helping it be born. It's not about yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's a hard thing for people to, people to get behind. You know, um, it, it's why I think we have the wrong 
we shouldn't use the word writing to mean both the physical act of writing and for storytelling. It's it, it confuses the issue. Right? Can you give me an example? Well, there are people who put a bunch of words down. Yeah. And again, the ingredients, and they go, "Well, it's a story," because right, it's like, no, you were writing, but you weren't constructing a story, and those are different jobs. You know, you can write without constructing a story. That's funny because, like Hitchcock, right? When he like talked the story out. Yeah, Hitchcock. I think Hitchcock was dyslexic. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a lot of clues to make me believe that. Um, one of them is the way that he could put things so simply. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a precision to the way he spoke about why you did what you did. Um, and also he started school late. Nobody knows why. It's hard to find things that he wrote down. Yeah. Uh, but when he was, um, so a lot of dyslexic strategies he had, but he would sit with all of his screenwriters and talk through how everything should go, but he would never actually write it. So it's like, well, then this could happen and we have a shot of this. And then, you yep. know, then they'd go off and they'd write it. That's great. Yeah. But, but I'm just saying, like, Disney did the same thing, right? He would act the whole thing out. And, yeah. Right? So, it's like, you're, that's the piece where he says 100% of the writers will say the hardest part is the outline. Mm -hmm. It's like they would come in, they would outline it. Right. Right? Um, yeah. And nail that. Because if we nail the outline, now we have a direction. Now we know where we're going. Now we have, right? It's like, imagine if somebody's like, hey, will you give me money to start a small business? And you're like, well, I need to see a business plan. And they're like... Business plans are boring. I don't <laughs> want. I got to sit down and figure out what I'm going to do with it and how I'm going to spend the money and like who my customers are. Oh, great! You know, it's yeah. like right, yeah. it, it, like literally. You're like, no. What do you? What are you going to? What are you trying to? Yeah. You know, because we're talking about millions of dollars yeah. or whatever, right? Yeah. And there's also an interesting thing. I mean, we talk a lot about movies, but it's not just movies. But the interesting thing about movies is sometimes I won't like a story. And people say, well, what about all these other elements? You know, what about the photography and the costumes and the this and the that? I'm like, all those things are supposed to be in support of the story. Mm -hmm. All of them. Yeah. Right? Nobody ever just goes, I'm going to film costumes. Yeah. Right? I'm just going to film special effects. Yeah. Right? They, they, they at least make an attempt at telling a story. Yeah. Totally. It'd be like saying, man, wait till people hear what lenses we used on this movie. Nobody's going to give a shit. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for there was a while there where it was like, it's got to be shot in anamorphic. And you're like, but why? Yeah. Because all the cool people are doing it. Okay. <laughs> but what's the point? Yeah. Like, why, why does it have to be? Yeah. Right. There's no logic that connects it. Right. No. Um, so learn what structure is at the very least have a working definition Mm -hmm. Right. And understand that if you can conquer the outline, you've done most of the heavy lifting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I always, you know, we talk about armature, which is really the point of your piece. Right. And everything really, that's the foundation that you yep. even build. That's what you're trying to prove. Yeah. Yep. A lot of people won't start with that. They they find it along the way, you know, like, oh, well, I can't really do that. But it's just hard. That's what they're really saying. It's hard and I don't want to do that work. Because they have to make a decision. Right. But if you do it, it makes everything else easier. So you can do your heavy lifting at the beginning. Yep. Or you can do your heavy lifting at the end. But that's harder for people. They won't oh cut my things. God. They won't. That's so true. Well, it's funny because like from a business perspective, it'd be like saying, you know, we talk to a business like, who's your customer? And they're like, everyone. And I go, really? <laughs> everyone? It's because they don't want to make a decision. Right. And then they go out there and they find out it doesn't work and they burn down a bunch of money and time and then they come back and like, 
actually, I think my customer is this very specific. It's like, okay, now we're making decisions. Now right. we can actually get some movement. Now we're focused, mm-hmm. right? Without that, I mean, you're just walking in the, you know, desert at night. It's, yeah. It's a really hard way to do it. It is a hard way. You have way. no destination. So how do you know when you get there? Yeah. But, you know, I think that uh, at least for storytelling and writing, <laughs> writing, people confuse the reading the act of reading with the act of writing, right? So they they want their writing experience to be a reading experience, which is why they don't want to know, hmm. right? It's like, well, then you should be reading a book and not writing one. Because if you're writing one, you should have a plan. That's great. You know, if you're reading one, go along for the ride. But you're not allowed to go along for the ride. Because the rest of us have to try to meander through this piece of shit, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. 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 You're the one driving. Yeah. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. yeah. Right. So, don't you, don't drink a, a 12 pack before we get in the car. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? yeah. Yeah. If when you were a passenger, be a passenger. But That's when right. you're a driver, be a driver. Yep. Know where we're going. Yeah. That way, even if we have a destination in mind, we might find that we take a left here instead of there. Yeah. Right. You might find that because that story tells you you have to do it. Yeah. Right. But at least you know what direction you're heading. Yeah, exactly. But it's a hard thing to get people. To, it's a hard way to think for some people. And rather than work through it being hard, they decide to abandon it. Yep. And then they call it bullshit. Yeah. It'd be like saying like, I tried math. It's bullshit. And you go like, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe there's something there. <laughs> you know? yeah. A lot of yeah. people don't think it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, okay. Awesome. So basically, uh, learn structure because structure is going to, in the long run, save you so much time and energy and yeah. money and resources. Uh, and ultimately, it's only going to make your house stronger. Because yep. when the storms come, right, yeah. and you're on set, you're going to want to make sure that house isn't going to fall over. Oh, yeah. Right? And you're behind schedule and you have to cut something. You better know what to cut. You better know what's most important, what's not important. All of that stuff, the structure should dictate where your money goes, yep. right? Uh, you know, if, if if structurally it's super important that the outfits are great, you know, the costumes are great. It's like, well, that tells us something. If structurally right. it's super important that the locations are this certain time, it's like it informs every move and decision you're going to make. And as a yeah. director or writer, it's all decision making. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, you you make you give yourself parameters uh, that allow you to make decisions like, well, I know it's got to be in this thing in this area. You know, yep. I know the characters in this um, I haven't really talked about the land of the dead, but that's a part of a story where a character might be really down. Anyway, if you know it's the land of the dead, you can make sure that there are certain elements yep. that help contribute to that. That's idea. right. Yep. You know? It's like saying, we're making a romantic comedy and you're like, okay. And you're like, but I'm not going to use any of the stuff, you know, that has anything to do with romance or comedy. And you're like, okay. I think we're talking about something else. Yeah. Then. Right. Yeah. It's like it's like know know where you're going, put everything in order, um, and it will only help you and strengthen the process and the product you're gonna put in the world. Know where you're going, Billy Wilder on his list of tips. Know where you're going. Perfect. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for watching You're a Storyteller, part of the Co Loop Podcast Network. If you have any questions or if there's a topic you'd like us to cover, Leave a comment below or email us at hello at beliefagency.com.